It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I am Zach Blackerby, joined by two of the best dudes in the world. Painter Sharp is of ESPN 106.7, and Michael Papp is of ESPN 106.7. This is our third day in a row with this being the combination of folks on the Locked On Auburn podcast. How we doing? Happy Friday, gents. Hello. How are you all? Can't complain. I'm living the dream. I love that. Got a bunch of furniture set up last night. Got my TV mounted. Let's go. Zach never responded to the picture I sent him of it. It's oh, fine. No. Dude, you sent it way after I went to bed, and you know that. Yeah, but you could have replied this morning. That's true. Do you like it when I text you at 3.30 in the morning? It's not like it wakes me up. Yeah, I do, because then I wake up, and I'm like, oh, Zach texted text. me. This okay. is nice. Right. I'll start responding then. Okay. You should hit him with like one word text each time. Yeah. See if it does wake up. Right, just kind of nudge him every now and then. Right. All right, guys, so it's uh, it's uh, another edition of 10 Questions. It's been a minute since we've done this, so I'll be the judge. And if you disagree with me, please tweet at me at Z Blackerby. You can tweet at Painter at Paint Sharpless. You can tweet at Michael at Couch Pat Tato. And, of course, the show at Locked On Auburn. All right, so number one, our first question today. And who wants to start? I will start. Okay. All right, let me pull up my, my stopwatch. We, we kind of have it as, at a minute. So, all right, here we go. All right, Painter. Does Auburn's quarterback get named this weekend? No, I believe that it will be – while I do think there's a chance it could be Sunday, I don't think it will be Sunday. I think it will be sometime between Monday and Thursday of next week. That's typically within the timeline that he's given. And uh, last time that he did this, I believe it was a Monday, and he sent out a tweet Gus Malzahn did – uh, saying Jarrett Stidham was the starting quarterback. I think you could see something similar in this case. Michael? I also think no, but if he does announce it in a tweet, I hope he just tweets out one word, and it's the guy's name. Bo or Joey? <laughs> just, can you imagine? It's like, And I hope it's at some random time, like 2.30 in the afternoon. It just tweets out Joey. What's, on what's the best time the news dumb? Say it's on, on a Tuesday. We're, oh, news dump. Best time for well, a news a dump Friday, is like Friday I'm, at 9 I'm asking, p.m. Like, the example we're giving is sometime <laughs> between a Monday and, say, a Thursday. So, like, you know, Tuesdays he usually meets with the media middle of the week, at least during the regular season. So I'm trying to think about, like, what day, if it were going to be not on a Friday when you typically do a news dump, yeah. when would be the time to news dump? Oh, I, I bet if it's on a weekday, it's at 6.05. It's after Everyone's the, at work or uh, at home, excuse me. Yeah, I think it's after all the radio shows are over. Fair enough. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a bad one. I mean, it happens a lot. They release stuff like right after six a lot. So, uh, I, I I like right after the press conference in the hallway after the press conference. Like he finishes, he walks off the podium, pulls out his phone, and just tweets B O period. Scoops all the all of the reporters. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give Michael extra points here just for the uh, the the funny hypothetical. So do we both get one point and he gets two, or do I get no points and he gets the traditional one point? Let, let's just give him one. I think it's easier that way. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm already upset. So there are three chairs in the studio, and usually I sit in the middle next to uh, whoever is not working the board. But today I left the open chair because I knew it was going to get contentious. By question I was get ten, tense in here. by question ten, I will be legit. If punches angry. aren't thrown, I'm going to be upset. All right. Number two, Michael, you'll go first on this one. If you could only watch one Auburn football game this year, other than the Iron Bowl, which one would you watch? Uh, I would watch the Oregon game because uh, I lucked into... Texas. It's in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> 
So is the A&M game. The A&M game is in Texas. Yeah, but you can't be snobby about the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I feel like that, that takes the cake. I'm picking because I uh, lucked into a press credential, and I'm really excited about it. All right. I- I've never sat in a press box for a real game before, and I'm really looking forward to it. So that's the game I'm going to pick. I think it's going to be a good game on the field. It's going to mean a lot to Oregon, a lot of national media there. Cowboy Stadium is a very large, very beautiful stadium. Fun to be at if you aren't don't get hungry or thirsty. Painter? I'm going to go with Florida. My initial thought was Georgia because that one would be at home. It'll be cooler. The weather will be better. But Auburn hasn't been to Gainesville in a long time. The last time they did, if I'm not mistaken, Wes Byram walked them off. Um, they have played Florida, I believe, in 2011 was the last time. It was a really right. ugly game in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, so the Georgia game at first popped out to mind, but I'll go Florida. I think Auburn has a chance to win that one. It should be very competitive. Both teams likely in the top 15. Um, and, you know, I'm very fascinated with this Dan Mullen team. Will they take a jump forward? And playing in the Swamp is always a challenge. Plus, since we, uh, you know, won't be seeing any other games like the one you mentioned, Alabama and Jordan-Hare Stadium, why not yeah. take a trip? We're going down to Gainesville to the Swamp. For, uh, for what I think will be a very exciting one. Michael, you got to leave your Texas infatuation at the door, man. I mean, that was really just my media pass infatuation, but it's um, fun. I'm giving Painter the point here. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm giving Painter the point here. All right, number three. All right, what is more likely, Painter? I think it's fitting that you're answering this one first. Yes. What's more likely? Seth Williams doesn't lead receiving in receiving yards. I'm going to start that over. What's more likely? Seth Williams does not lead the team in receiving yards. Or Booby Whitlow does not lead the team in rushing yards. Definitely think it's more likely that Seth won't lead because I, I think that Booby's going to still get the lion's share of carries um, so long as he doesn't miss a bunch of games this year. And uh, I think the productivity at running back over the last 10 years with Gus Malzahn is evident that even if they split the carries, there's going to be a back with a good chunk of yardage. And he still averaged um, a nice yards per touch last mm-hmm. year. Just he wasn't around enough. Seth Williams, I think, has an actual um, contention of other players like Matthew Hill, Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stowe, Will Hastings. We go on and on and on. I, I think it is possible that Seth Williams has a great year for Auburn, but may not be the, the most productive. I'm going to take the other side here. I think it's more likely that uh, Booby will. See, how are you already giving him a point? Like, I just saw you write that down. You haven't even heard my answer yet. You're wasting your time, man. Uh, Keep going. I, I just. I think based on the history of Gus Malzahn with mobile quarterbacks, you could easily see uh, if Joey Gatewood is the guy, like Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, he could rack up you know, 1,100, 1,200 rushing yards and end up with more rushing yards than whomever, I, I guess, the quote-unquote feature back is in a system where they use a bunch of running backs. I disagree about getting more yards, but I do hear your point in that it could take a, a significant chunk away from the running back. But I would, I would pick a bone about having more rush yards like Nick Marshall had a tremendous year but didn't outrush Trey Mason I know Michael Dyer got to a thousand yards his freshman year but Cam Newton may have also so that one may be a good yeah. point all right yeah I'm going to give Painter the point there so Painter leading two to one fantasy football players make sure you listen to Vinny Lyre and the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else get the edge from Vinny and put yourself ahead on draft day and all season long, Locked On Fantasy Football is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, question number four, guys. Who, who's going first? Michael is going first. Which assistant coach at Auburn is least likely to be on Auburn's coaching staff next year? Hmm. Wow. That's a good one. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm going to go with J.B. Grimes. Okay. He's the offensive line coach, right? Yep. Okay. Um. I get all the assistant coaches confused, I'm going to be honest. But, That's fine. Uh, if the offensive line doesn't come out and, and play as a much better, much more improved unit with five seniors who, who all played together last year and have been in the offense for a while, I think you could see them move on from this offensive line coach and have to make a change. And I think of the positions um, right now, I don't think there's really anywhere on the field where you've seen consistent uh, underperformance Outside of the offensive line last season. Right. Um, Cadillac, I think, is too new at running backs coach. I think they would at least give him uh, another season. So I I don't really know where else he would go. All right. Painter? Travis Williams. There's a couple of good answers here because I think Auburn's got some rising stars on their staff. But Travis Williams, I think, uh, could be a defensive coordinator very, very soon. His recruiting prowess is evident. He's got credibility as a player. He's relatable. I think you're seeing a trend of coaches that are younger. So Travis Williams, uh, not for any bad reasons, but for great reasons, may get a promotion very soon. I think he is a, a likely candidate. While we're at it, I think Cody Burns and Kenny Dillingham both could also get opportunities elsewhere, although I would expect Dillingham to be around for at least two years. I'm going with Painter. Painter's up 3-1 right now. How do you uh, feel? I feel like that was just a... Uh a pretty good example of how Painter and I see the world differently is you asked the question and I immediately thought who's getting fired. Right. And he's like, Painter who's getting a promotion? Getting right. a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five and Painter, you're first now. I'm going to make Michael go first on this one. Number five. What's your favorite thing about Texas? The fiddle in the band. Man. We could do a whole show on this. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> My favorite thing you only about got 50 Texas, more seconds, I so. just, I don't even think I have an answer. Like, where do you even start? I mean, ooh. <coughs> so far, he spent all of his time not saying anything. I just want to point that out, other than grunting into the microphone. <laughs> um, so you know uh, he's passionate. Uh, Texas. Oh, God uh. almighty. <laughs> uh, uh, everything. So manscaping. I mean, the, we're doing the first read after all, this question. <laughs> first of all, I, I guess I would start with the people. I, I love the people, the weather. I'm a big fan of the weather in Texas. Um, I'm a big fan of pretty much anything that you're looking for. You can get any at some place in the state. It takes 18 hours to drive from Dallas to El Paso. You're still in the state. That's great. No, it's not. Objectively awful that you could spend that um, much time. Everything's bigger nowhere. in Texas. Big fan of Bucky's. A lot of lakes. All right, we're out of time. Painter. The oh, football. I mean, they love their football, whether it's high school, college, or professional. That's a pandering answer. I mean, right there's there. really that, that's is it though? Pandering. I mean, high school, you've got the the great show, Friday Night Lights, the classic hit movie. On top of it, wonderful football. I mean, a, a plethora of teams to choose from. The quarterback, the rise of the mobile quarterback, and seven on seven camps coming from Texas, and then of course the the Cowboys. JJ, I mean, what America's else team. do you need? It is football. All right, I'm giving Painter another point, Michael. Come on. But that's not... Okay, whatever. Do you want to do the Manscaped read for real? I, I really do. You do? Yeah. Okay, here it is. 
Shout out to Manscaped. All right, take it away, Michael. To the bottom one. It's the bottom one. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt men's grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Shark Tank and Men's Journal named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with a promo code locked on at manscaped.com. That is locked on at manscaped.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You nailed that, dude. All right, number six, Painter, you take this one away. Give me a score prediction for the Auburn-Oregon game. 28-23, Auburn Tigers. Michael? Uh, I'm going to go with 12-7. Whoa, low score. Auburn Tigers. His offense is struggling a lot. Yeah, I, I I'm going to give Michael the point. I, I think it's lower scoring, too. I think in typical Gus Malz on offense fashion, Auburn will move the ball just enough. Uh, first game of the season, Gus in first game of the season with his offenses, they typically are not clicking full full force, which is, you know, first game of the season. That's to be expected. And I think the defense is good enough to hold Oregon to, to one score, and I think that They're gonna Auburn kick four will field kick goals? four field goals. Did you just do the math on, on your phone with the calculator? It does look like you were looking yeah. up, like, how do you get to 12? It did look carry like the one, and I think it's going to be – oh, yeah, it's 12. Okay, cool. All right, Michael two, Painter four. And, uh, Michael, you go first on this one. Predict which bowl game Auburn plays at at the end of this year. I just want to say 28 points isn't a lot. But, anyways, go ahead. Well, you think four touchdowns. I think four field goals. Roll Tide. Does that have to do with the way you see the world, too? <laughs> Not Maybe. Maybe I'm just pessimistic. I don't know. I think like, oh, there's no way they're going to get in the end zone. All right. So, we got 45 seconds left. Well, Painter just wasted 15 of my seconds. Uh, bowl game for Auburn. Uh, Outback Bowl. Okay. You want to throw an opponent in there? Um. Penn State. Outback Bowl against Penn State. That's what I'm going with. All right. Uh, a, a solid finish in the SEC. We avoid the Birmingham Bowl. We get to go to, uh, I don't know where the out. Florida? Isn't it Florida? It's in Tampa. Yeah. yeah. We get to go to sunny Tampa. I, I would love for that to happen. All right. What about you? To the frustration of Auburn fans everywhere, the Peach Bowl. I think Auburn. I mean, because I think Auburn's going to go nine and three. I think they have it's a better that, bowl. Yeah, with that schedule, I think it's uh, a great season uh, for Auburn. So I think they land in Atlanta again. And Do you want to throw a team out there? Please say UCF. <laughs> that would be poetic. Um, instead, I'm going to go with a uh, a Big Ten team. How about for fun, Ohio State? Because I've been saying I think Michigan could do it this year. So I'll go Ohio State just to make things interesting. I'm going with my selfish preference. I want Auburn to play in Tampa just because that was a fun vacation. And you can't really vacation to Atlanta. So I'm going with Michael on this one. Michael three, Painter four. So so in that scenario, Auburn would have to be, what, second in the SEC West? I believe so because Florida was in it last year and they were behind Georgia – 
who played what in the Sugar Bowl against Texas? Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, yeah. yeah. So well, I guess and, and then in the year Auburn went, they were third because, or they were third in the conference behind Alabama mm-hmm. and Georgia because they both yeah. went to the playoffs. So third in the conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd, High hopes from Painter. Interesting. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I mean, the roster's there. We just kind of need things to, to come Flip, together. Yeah. yeah. All right, number eight. Uh, Painter, you go first on this one. Who scores the first touchdown for Auburn of the season? Booby Whitlow. Michael? Oh, man. Uh, Seth Williams. Love that choice. I'm going with Seth Williams. Love that choice. See, I, I think that if nothing else to prove a point... It'll be a deep shot to Seth Williams. They did throw their first touchdown of the year was to uh, old Sal Canella last year, the person we all predicted it would be. That's true. And uh, caught it with his hair. <laughs> so it was like and a legitimately impressive catch. Too. Yeah, he did that. We're all like, huh? Okay. I was cool. like, he's gonna be a fact. Oh no. It's like then he like was he still on the team? I don't know. Auburn's never lost a game that Sal Canella caught a touchdown in. Washington and uh, Georgia State is that the other one or Georgia Southern? I don't know. I think they were like it was Georgia three. Southern. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Jared Sims first game. I think they're going to uh I think it'll be Seth Williams. I think they're going to make it a passing touchdown for the second year in a row. All right. I agree with Painter, so I'm going that. So Painter 5, Michael 3. We got two left, Michael. Can you force a tie? I might just lose on purpose so we don't tie. Is there is there like a tiebreaker question? I'll come up with a question okay. if there's a tie, sure. All right, number 9, uh Painter, I'll let you go first on this one again. If Auburn loses to Oregon and Texas A&M, how many weeks will Malzahn last through the 2019 season? I don't think that they will fire him because I don't think this team will quit on him. So even if the season gets off to a pretty horrific start at 2-2, two and two, I mean, you'd have to be perfect at that point to have any kind of 2017-like scenario, and obviously that seems challenging for a number of reasons. But I don't see this getting so bad that we have a 2012 season on our hands, and even then when it was apparent that the team had more or less moved on, uh, and the coaching staff was just doing everything they could to get through the year. The administration did not did not fire Gene Chizik before the season was over. So I, I believe that Gus Malzahn keeps his job almost regardless next year. Um, it just might be at the very end of the season after things are all done. Michael Pappas? Uh, for me, it depends on what the games look like. I mean, if, if they blow leads in both of those games, then I think that uh, we definitely could see Gus – uh, Gus get fired after a, a loss at LSU. Um, if those two games are, are just like, you know, normal losses, I guess, where it doesn't really seem like Auburn got horribly outplayed and didn't blow a huge lead or anything, then I think it, it, we're looking more like what Painter said at the end of the season. But with LSU, at LSU, and, and then Georgia and Bama, I mean, those two those two games could lead into a potential five-loss season, and I, I don't think that's going to be good enough to uh, for him to keep his job. So uh, if if they start two and two, if he's going to get fired, I think it's going to af- be after Alabama, before the bowl game. All right, just for – I don't think I'll answer to that difference. I'm going to give it to Michael just to make it interesting. You ready for number 10? It's a yeah. big picture question. Michael, you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go second. Okay. Panner, predict your college football playoff. I want winners, and I want the whole thing. Alabama and Clemson will meet in the national title. Bold. <laughs> 
Yes, the two best teams meeting in the national title. That's, I know. That's bold. For the eighth straight year. Tenth straight year. How about Michigan doing the thing? Getting in, finally getting over the hump against Ohio State. Also, they get Ohio State at home this year, so that helps. And uh, for good measure, we'll go back to Oklahoma. Part of me wants to do it for Texas. They did get the win over Oklahoma in the regular season, but I think Oklahoma has too much. So I think uh, I think you'll have a repeat of last year's Alabama-Clemson game, and this time I think Alabama takes it. They typically do well in revenge games. All right, Michael, do you have Texas win the Natty? Uh, I do not. Okay. Uh, I think I think I'm going to go with Clemson to win the whole thing again. Um, I actually am slightly lower on Clemson than I think most people are, but with, with the schedule they have, it, it's hard to see them not kind of just using their skill position players to dominate everybody. And then the defense will – they'll do enough. And uh, I think – in the final that they are going to play the University of Oklahoma. But my other two finals teams, uh, I'm going to go with Washington. Okay. You like Jacob Eason? I really like Jacob Eason. I'm very high on Jacob Eason. He okay. said that just yesterday, yep. Thursday, on the lunch break. All right. On ESPN 1067, 11-1. I think Washington's got a chance to run the table. I know they lost quite a bit of talent, but... I think they've got as good of a coach as anyone in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And then my last team is going to be Alabama. I think Texas is going to get snubbed at like 11-1 and one or whatever. I think they and Oklahoma are both going to be 11-1 and one in Oklahoma. Because no one gives Texas the benefit of the doubt, especially in college football. They are only pronounced back like four times. Mm-hmm. They get snubbed all the time. No, I, I think that they're going to lose to... Are you I, defending Texas? No. You love Texas. I, I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma <laughs> in the Big 12 championship game. To go eleven and one, and then they're going to get left out in favor of Oklahoma, right, and I, then I think Oklahoma is going to make the championship and get. I'm, I'm giving Michael the point here because because I I think Oklahoma makes the national championship against Clemson too. I, I've got Clemson over Oklahoma, and I have Oklahoma beating Alabama in one semifinal, and I have Clemson beating Ohio State in the other. So I got to think of a uh, a tiebreaker. All right, I've got it. What is your favorite podcast and why, Michael? Man, my favorite podcast. I think it's got to be the Locked On Auburn podcast. Um, Great choice. Uh, I think it's my favorite because I get to be on it, and I'm incredibly selfish. And so just the mere fact that I get to listen to myself talk, I think really sets That's it apart enough. for me. <laughs> what do you think, Painter? Dan Levitard. I uh, <laughs> like that they touch on sports. I like that they touch on pop culture. They do things uh, in a way that's really impressive. There's a lot of moving parts on that. They manage to make it look so easy, um, yet I think it's actually very complex and well thought out. The bits they've carried on over the years have a lot of meaning. There's a lot of inside jokes. So the more you watch this show, the more you appreciate it. And having You watch done your a, podcasts? Yeah, on YouTube. And uh, I really do. I appreciate the attempt at a smart-ass comment. Nonetheless, well, that's that's a video. You can you can have video podcast. That's just a TV show. Nonetheless, I have an appreciation for a show that I think they make look really easy, and it actually is quite difficult to pull off and execute. So Dan Lebertard for a whole host of reasons. Pan, I've got to go with the suck up answer. All right, I've got to. That's I fair. Mean, I, I was I've, over here thinking this was a no free ads podcast, but <laughs> um, cool. What are you guys doing this weekend? I am going to Nashville with you. 
We're going to watch Jared Stidham play. That'll be fun. Yeah, we are. And Ryan Davis. Lunch break intern Hall of Famer. That is true. I'm really bummed that he's in a terrible situation because there's so many receivers on the roster. That really bums me out because I'm a big fan of Ryan Davis. This this was the unofficial Ryan Davis podcast at one point. Yeah, I mean, we like his skill, but also just total transparency. We like the dude as a person, and we're not even going to pretend to not be biased about it. Yeah. For obvious reasons, we'd love to see him make the roster. It'd be great for Auburn. It'd be personally great for Ryan. But, I, you know, I, I haven't followed the Patriots roster. I don't really know. You know way more about that. But from what you've said over the last few weeks, he's got an uphill climb. Yeah, I mean, there's like two or three spots, and there's just like five or six guys, and they're guys that are they're killing in the preseason. So I, I just I hope he makes it. But I saw some stuff uh, coming out of Jacksonville where Andrew Williams and Dontavious Russell are just getting after it. Like they're going to be, it looks like they're both going to be part of the Jacksonville defensive line rotation. Is Andrew Williams going to be the next Auburn player that played sparingly but goes on to have like a six year NFL career? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if you remember, I was really high on him. Yeah, because one of the things I think we talked about was he wasn't elite, but he was his body and, and athleticism allowed him to do some different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about making that 53 man roster and being able to do multiple things well. Uh, I just it is interesting that Auburn has had some players who flew under the radar while they were on campus and then they went on to at least sustain NFL careers even if they never blossomed into incredible players yeah yeah I mean every now and then somebody will come up and I'll be like oh yeah I guess he is still in the league like um Brandon King's the one that I think about the most uh but even Jonathan Jones I mean he's really stuck around and like Rudy Ford's playing you know considerable reps for the what about Ben Tate he was in the league for a number of years. I mean, I think he's been mm-hmm. out of the league now. for, But, yeah, I mean, he was on the Texans for a while. Yeah, I feel like he's just the same kind of guy that you guys are talking about. He had yeah. To me, he like he didn't fly under the radar as much at Auburn. I mean, he was one of the lone bright spots in the stretch. But, I mean, when you when, when Auburn people, though, are talking about Auburn running backs, people don't say Ben Tate. The dude was a second-round draft pick, and, you know, he, he backed up uh, Arian Foster when he was arguably the best back in the league, and, when Foster would get hurt, Ben Tate would go in. I, I remember when he played the Patriots, I was excited because Foster wasn't playing. And then ben, I think Ben Tate scored like three or four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, okay, mean, all right. We, so he brought up Jacob Eason on the lunch break recently, and then we also talked about running backs, Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn, and, and which over the last 20 or so years, which school has had the more impressive group of running backs because all three have a really great claim to that. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I think, Michael, when we went to break, you were like, I think we didn't even say Ben Tate, uh, or at least. We did not say Ben Tate. Which, I forgot that Derrick Henry existed. <laughs> that, that was my big gaffe because I was like... We didn't mention TJ Yeldon for what it's either, worth yeah. either. So, I mean, when you go through and look at the backs that those three schools have had... It's crazy. Historically, or even let's just say in the last 20 years, it's yeah. the turn of the century. It's outrageous. Where can people find you in here, you painter? 11 to 1, catch the lunch break. Justin Ferguson and me, there's plenty to discuss. As we all know, football is right around the corner. And I'm on Twitter at Paint Sharpless. Michael Pappas. On Twitter at Couch Paptato. And you can listen to me on After the Game starting... August 30th, live from Skybar. Fantastic. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. We'll see you on Monday. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.